KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. So excited to have Sharn Thomas on this Flashpoint Extra. Sharn was exonerated in 2017 after spending 24 years behind bars for a 1990 murder that he did not commit. Let me tell you, Sharn was actually in custody in the Philadelphia Youth Study Center at the time of the murder. But despite this evidence, detectives on the case were able to implicate him through eyewitness testimony that proved and turned out to be faulty. So the city of Philadelphia just settled the case uh, brought by Sean and his attorney, Jim Fogorski, to take a listen. Jim and Sean, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. And and, and so, uh, Jim, I, I just want to start with you. Could you explain, first of all, this was this is a big win for Sharn and for people who have been wrongfully convicted. Uh, well, yes, it is because Sean. Um, in, in May of 2017, Sean was released from prison uh, when the DA decided not to pursue his case any longer um, because they believed that he was more than likely at the U Study Center at the time of the murder in 1990 for which he had been sent to prison. So, uh, a short time after that. Sean sued the city of Philadelphia and several former police officers uh, saying that they violated his civil rights. Yeah. And the city, you know, the city fought it pretty hard for a few years. And finally, uh, just a short time ago, agreed with us that Sean will receive $4,150,000 in settlement. Wow. Sean, just your reaction to that amount and this part of it ending and you being able to finally move on with your life. Oh, it's a happy moment for me, you know. Um, been a long, hard fight. I went through so much with the city, it was like a shame. Like, you would think that if somebody take a person's life from them, the least they could do is apologize what they never done. And I and I took it like an insult. Yeah. You know, life must go on. They said we would never get, um, they, first of all, they said I would never get out of jail which we proved them wrong. Second of all, they said, I would never get past summary judgment. I got past summary judgment. I won the whole judgment. And third of all, they had to pay. So, you know, I think it's a win-win situation. And now I put this chapter in my life back um, behind me and keep moving to the um, future. Does the money ever really compensate you for what was taken? No, it would never be able to compensate. It just... Um, help me live the rest of my life out as I would want to and do the things that I missed out doing when I was younger. Yeah. Because no matter how much money they give me, it still won't bring back the fact that my grandparents is past and deceased. Um, I couldn't never see my little brother play basketball because he retired. So, you know, the things that meant the most to me, I would never see. Like, my children grow up, take them to school. So, you know, all that's over with. And so, Jim, could you explain how this happened? Because a lot of people, um, you know, talk about Sharon's case. And how could something like this happen? It happened because at the time in the 1990s, the early 1990s, some of the investigative techniques that were used were probably less than ideal. And um, there were people who 
at that time, there's several people who went away and shouldn't have gone to prison. Uh, Tony Wright being one of them, Sean Thomas being another, James Dennis being a third person. There's several of them. And Willie Veazey, of course, who was released in October. And his case had been investigated by the same people who investigated Sean Thomas's case. So there were clearly flaws in the system at the time at best. And those flaws are being addressed years later now in the court. For Sharn, I mean, you had to sue. What was the grounds? Because a, a lot of people think that this compensation is automatic, but you all had to file a lawsuit. Right. That's correct. There's no form of compensation in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania if you've been exonerated for a crime you did not commit. Uh, you're basically released from prison and you're on the streets. Luckily, Sean had some family support, so he wasn't completely on the street. He he, he has a girlfriend who, who has been uh, great with Sean and she's helped him out and his family has helped him out, but now he's going to be independent. But cause of action was in, uh, in federal court, and we sued alleging that uh, two detectives or two retired homicide detectives violated Sean's civil rights uh, when they basically investigated the case, tried him and sent him to prison. When um, Willie Vesey was set free, you know, one of the things that Patricia Cummings, who runs the Conviction Integrity Union, Unit, said was that it would very likely be more investigations and, and second looks at a lot of the cases involving those detectives. And could you say their names for me? Their names are Detectives, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Detective Martin Devlin and Detective Paul Worrell. Um, and they have been retired for a long time now, many years. Any reaction to the fact that there could very likely be more investigations into these detectives? Because it seems like the ripple effect is, is significant. Yes, I think there should be more investigations. There's been at least two cases now, Willie Beasley and Sean Thomas, where people have been released after serving decades in prison for uh, these homicides that were investigated by these two detectives. So I think they should at least look at those cases, and I'm very happy that they are doing so at the DA's office, is my understanding. And how long was this court battle to this litigation with Sharn? It was a little over two years. We filed in September of 2017, and uh, we just settled now, so a little over two years. How were you surviving, Sharn, during that time? Oh, yeah. I help out with the Innocent Project as a mentor. I bake on the side. I do more chores here and there. Nothing, nothing major. Something just to keep a couple of dollars in my pocket. It's been a couple of years now. Have you given some thought to to what your next steps are? No, yeah, my next step is to um to go forth with Jim to see if I can get a book written about about the case and the procedures I went through, and you see where we go from there. I mean, were you surprised? Because Willie Vesey, when he was released, um, I mean, were you surprised? Because it, it seems like he had this very similar situation, you know, similar uh, investigation um, involved uh, alibi. Like you had a very strong alibi. He had a very strong alibi. And all of that was ignored. I, I just think that, you know, you had corrupted cops that just wanted to put people away that was in trouble or that was from a poor neighborhood. And it's easy to put a case on a person that's from a poor neighborhood than it is a rich neighborhood. Yeah. Lack of resources and ability to fight. Anything else, uh, gentlemen, that you want to add about, about this victory? Um, you know, the fact that the city paid uh, for this, Did the city, uh, you know, this obviously is not a confidential settlement. Did the city say that they didn't do any wrongdoing? What are the terms here? Well, the city's not admitting any wrongdoing, um, but as I, I think I said earlier, it is the 
the highest non-DNA payout for uh, you know, for the city of Philadelphia for an exoneration case so far. So there's only one case which a person received a bigger settlement, and that was for a DNA case. So I think it speaks pretty well for the quality of the evidence in Sean's case. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess we could see more. And I will say the other case, was that um, Tony Wright? Because he had a DNA case. It was Tony Wright, yes. Yeah. Because he had DNA and they made him, they retried him again. Um, yeah. That was, that was wild. So I want to say congratulations to both of you. And Jim, I know this case caught your eye. Could you refresh why you decided to take this case on years ago and stuck with Sharn all the way through this and made sure that he was compensated for the wrongdoing that happened to him? As soon as I saw what Sean was saying about his alibi, that he had been arrested the day before the murder and that he was at the youth study center at the time of the murder. I knew that it had the, I mean, it had the ring of truth because that's exactly where Sean should have been the day after he was arrested as a juvenile. And I began to look at it, and I couldn't find any evidence that Sean was not telling the truth. Everything I saw indicated to me, and everyone I spoke to said, "Yes, yeah, Sean should have been at, at, at you know the YSC the morning of the murder." So that made me want to pursue it all the way to the end. And so y'all have been like friends and 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 family ever since. Absolutely. Sean's well, he, he probably my best friend right now. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, Sean, congratulations. Anything else you want to add? The only thing I say is don't give up. Just keep fighting. If you're innocent, you know, the Innocent Project will help you. And just keep fighting. Keep your head up. No matter how things look, just keep fighting. Well, all right. Well, I want to say thank you to both of you. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast platform. Until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.